0: Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod episode 97 presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host Mackenzie Murphy's. We bring you the latest news from the ACHA and AAU college hockey off seasons. The boys are back for the second week in a row and I think this is the first time we've done consecutive podcasts since the Grinelli interview and then the Nationals preview episode. Herm's giving the nod of approval so that stat is correct. Collins, I'll go to you first though. You're ripping a road game tonight on the road in New York City. What are you up to?
1: Well, right now I'm just chilling in the uh in the hotel after a long day of of networking we're up here with uh with villanova right now doing um an immersion program for ad and pr so it's been a really cool experience got to meet some some wonderful people and make some some really good connections yeah so hopefully something comes with this and helping find a job great food great people can't beat it It's hard to believe though. 97. We're we're really inching up on 100 soon, eh? Hopefully we can maybe keep it going for like the next couple of weeks of consecutive uh episodes.
0: The hockey guys had a TikTok the other day and it was like 90% of podcasts don't continue after episode 3. And I was like, "Wow, that is like think about how many people start podcasts and don't get past 3 episodes. That's wild." So, for us to be 3 away from 100 is pretty cool. Uh the McDavid episodes, we're calling it. I'm curious, is this a mandatory trip because of your major? Or is this something that you signed up for?
1: No, this is something I signed up for. It's actually pretty selective. There's only 15 of us that uh, that are going and representing the university. So it's pretty cool. Once in a lifetime opportunity. I mean, uh, we I talked about it before we started recording. But like speaking of once in a lifetime, like Friday, keep your eyes out on, uh, on NBC because your boy is going to be ringing the opening bell at the NASDAQ here. So absolutely showtime. Kids going to be eating up the camera.
0: The kid also forgot to pack a hockey house hat to wear when ringing the bell. If we're holding court like that, that would be a fine, like once in a lifetime opportunity. Like, did you at least pack like a Villanova hockey hat, like something?
1: I can't wear a hat with a suit. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Oh, that's true.
0: Yeah, I guess guess you're not going to just be like a schlep and wearing like what I wear every day and like a hoodie and sweatpants. Well,
1: that's what I wear every day, but not here right now. Not, not the, not the time and the place. My feet are killing me from wearing dress shoes all day. So, hopefully, on Friday, once we're, once all is said and done, we're back in a pair of sneakers. So,
0: well, I had on the notes next to throw it over to executive producer David Herman, who's holding down the fort in Central New York. But he's not in Central New York tonight. So, Herm, what are you doing uh, in New York?
2: I'm still in Central New York. What do you mean?
0: Oh, I thought you said you were home.
2: No, I mean, like, okay, I almost always record from the office. I am recording from my living room tonight, so that's why Murph is a little bit confused about it. Gotcha. So. See, I when you said home, I thought you meant, like, home, home, like... You went like,
0: like you said. You went home yeah, yeah. for Mother's Day, and I thought you went. I thought was like, "Oh wow, he's back there already." All right, well, you're holding down the Fort Center, New York. How how are things?
2: Things are good. A uh, little bit different attire than Collins today. Today was the Bogo hockey jersey day at Chipotle. So myself and a couple of the other Comets employees. Posted up in front of the new Hartford Chipotle, slung some stickers and magnets and frisbees and took some photos for social. I sat there like for two hours afterwards just because it was a, a gorgeous summer day and just kept giving stuff out to people, which was cool. There's a Comets fan, Ethan, who works at one of the stores near the, the chipper and wanted to swing by. And so I packed an extra jersey for him. Happened to be an XL. Later on in the afternoon, this guy hops in line with his buddies and he's kind of like looking around because he forgot his jersey. And I look at him from the table. I was like, do you want me to just run to the car and get a jersey for you? He was like, you would do that? I was like, yeah, sure. So I pull out this like alternate Jerome McGinley jersey that's an XL that perfectly fits him. Just wait for him to get his chipper. He brings it back. He was like, thanks, man. I was like. I got you.
0: That's unreal. Last but certainly not least, the guy who I saw today is on the protected list this summer for the Black Bears. Call Fitzgerald.
3: Yeah, boys, I'm protected. I don't know. Hoping to move up in the leagues.
0: Walk us through what that's like, because you're on the protected list for Binghamton, which means that no other Fed team can sign you, right? But any other leagues, like you, you could be open to going there.
3: Exactly. There's two more Fed teams that are expanding the league next year. They're going to be thinking Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and then a team in Virginia. There's a uh like a expansion draft, just like you would in the NHL. Each current fed team was allowed to protect 15 guys rest of the guys are are up for grabs
0: what's the plan for the offseason because I feel like we get you in the middle of the year and you're so busy and and we never get to see you and then you come home to Chicago and I feel like you got all the free time in the world
3: well I was just thinking like you guys are saying all this interesting stuff that you're doing and like the hockey season ends for me and I have nothing I just like I don't do anything played men's league after we recorded last week tore it up out there you know I'm gonna get back into making TikToks that's that's on the list yeah I gotta figure out like an off-season training stuff all that good good jazz putting together highlight video right now from uh this past season but yeah very very uninteresting life when the season ends for me you're putting together the highlight package is that because you're you're your own agent right Yep. I'm my own agent. That's a big thing for for guys that are actually looking to play pro hockey or like are like me and dumb and in pro hockey and don't have an agent. An agent can help you get a lot of things. I mean, it's super political. Having an agent is is pretty big. It'll get you a lot of opportunities.
1: Well, the good news is you are part of a are we are we a content creation house? So if you ever need somebody to make a highlight reel for you, just reach out to us, any of us.
3: It's true. I, I I didn't even think of that. That's that's why I, I keep you guys around, you know? I mean you think of stuff like this. It's
2: Fitzy, do you not have a highlight tape? <laughs>
3: I, I put together one last year just going through, the, the lo- longest thing it takes is going through each game on YouTube. I put it at like one and a half speed. Like I was watching the NHL, uh, Vegas Knights. I was just watching them and I'm like, these guys are moving so slow. Like what is wrong? And I was like oh, it's because like, I was the watching so, The stuff. Fed is so much faster than this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I was watching one and a half speed because I was just trying to like get to my shifts, like skip through stuff to make it go faster. And uh, yeah, so it's just a complete eye optical illusion. It's hilarious.
0: <laughs> well, we have 31.7 1000 followers who might be interested in watching this highlight package once it's done. Maybe that's how we we could be your
3: agent. There is one I I threw it up on YouTube from last season. It got it got 3000 views, you know? I mean, that's pretty good. That's awesome. Well, best of luck creating this highlight package. We're, we're looking forward to seeing it. I am on
0: Silver Lake in Northern New Hampshire. I've got one pod in me from New Hampshire before I go to New York for the summer. I was actually thinking my whole TikTok feed has been like New York City intern life hacks. And I just I don't know if my phone is listening to me. These haven't popped up until the last couple of days. Instead of watching them, I just wanted to put out there, if anyone has any New York City intern hacks, please DM the Hockey House pod. I would love Love to hear them from some ACHA and AAU college hockey guys and not from some random woman on TikTok. So uh, feel free to send those my way. I'll be heading to Staten Island on Thursday. Looking forward to settling down Memorial Day weekend and then getting started after that. But we'll dive right into the news. Honestly, this was like I had nothing to do on Friday and then this happened and I was like, oh, like throw me into the fire. I'm going to war for the UMass women's ACHA hockey team. Really have no idea what's good. Like, this is club hockey at its finest because it's like something that happened to a school. And it's like, once again, something that seems like it's never happened before has happened in club hockey. So we have to cover it. So the UMass women's hockey team they compete in ACHA division one released a statement earlier in the week saying that due to a clerical error that is out of our control, we have been denied funding from our university for the first time in our program's history. This means that the 2023 24 team will be funded entirely through fundraising and player dues. And so for people listening, like I think a lot of, Schools are like, oh well, it's it's club hockey. Like you have to fund it anyways. I know for me at Syracuse, I know Collins can relate, and, and fits at Indiana. Like for most of these schools, like you're at least getting something from the university, whether that's like ten thousand dollars, or maybe your ice time covered, or maybe your buses, or the officials. Like at the bare minimum, you're getting something. I know there are plenty of teams out there who, for the longest time, have been operating on nothing. For the UMass women, seem to come out and say that they need money because the university messed up when punching the numbers in, bananas to me. Herm, I'll throw it over to you first because you emphasized my text when I sent it to the chat first. Just kind of a wild move, especially in in this day and age with like where women's sports are going for a university to come out and just be like, oh yeah, we messed up. There's no money for you guys this year.
2: If it was an NCAA program, this wouldn't have even been a story. If this was a men's team, it wouldn't have been a story and they would have fixed it. This is so, so incredibly frustrating to see them gets thrown full force under the bus like this i cannot even conceive how a clerical error quote unquote whether it was human error whether it was intentional or anything like that it is mind boggling that they now have to raise this amount of money on their own terms
0: it's a joke and i i tweeted out from our account it was like in parentheses it said like Oh, we made a, we made, we have an issue. Don't worry. We'll just not give the women's club hockey team any fundraising. I'm sure no one will notice. Like we haven't heard anything from the men's ACHA team that just won the national championship. Like they sent it our way too. And they're like, Hey, like our women need some help. Like anything helps at this point, like to get the word out. So from what I understand, like they're getting the same amount of funding that they normally get. Maybe somebody can, can chime in on that aspect, but crazy to me that even if they did make an error, like why wouldn't they just take a little bit from the other clubs and then help them? Them out like wild stuff uh,
1: the first thing that comes to mind with this though is title nine and title nine still a- applies to club sports the men's and women's teams should be receiving equal levels of treatment this obviously is extremely unequal levels of treatment this is so fucked up and i mean like her like murph said before it's you know hey we fucked up this is your problem now we're not gonna do anything to fix it and this really pisses me off a lot and i mean if anybody from umass is listening any administrators get your act together this is this is some major bs
0: i think the other thing too to point out hockey east is a very like established NCAA Division One conference, men's and women's. Of all the teams in Hockey East, there are only two that don't have a varsity women's NCAA team. That would be UMass Amherst and UMass Lowell. Two of the state-run schools in the conference don't sponsor women's ice hockey. I know there's Title IX, so they probably have other women's sports. Of all the teams in New England that have varsity hockey programs, they don't have a women's team. You'd think they would be a little bit more protective of their women's team, especially the GoFundMe said they've made the AC national tournament 18 of the last 20 seasons like a a program that that good and is representing your school at the highest level of club sports should deserve a little bit more respect they also said in the gofundme our location amherst mass poses a challenge for travel since there are only three opponents in acha division one that are within a single bus ride this forces us to either fly or take two-day bus rides to the majority of our away games both of which are very expensive. We are also responsible for expenses related to game and practice ice times, on ice game officials, equipment, uniforms, hotel, rental vehicles, EMTs for home games, and our coaching staff. So, they have raised 5,000 of the 45,000 that they're looking. As always, the link is in our bio to learn more and help support the cause, but just ridiculous. I think like half the battle is getting these girls fundraising, and then the other half is like fighting this so they don't have to fundraise that whole total because, quite frankly, this is ridiculous. Um, On a different note, we mentioned last week the tragic passing of Oregon Duck Dayton Clark. They are doing a shirt fundraiser. Uh, The Oregon Ducks hockey team is raising money to help and honor their fallen teammate they have t-shirts for sale long sleeves and hoodies uh with his silhouette on the front and then his name and number on the back team is doing this to raise funds so that they can all go to the memorial service which i believe is going to be in western canada that is what they're doing i think it's a really cool way to honor him so get yourself a shirt um, in the oregon ducks colors help support the cause help these boys get their travel paid for so that they can support their fallen teammate. we did get a jersey reveal this week it felt like honestly it felt like christmas morning when we i saw the news that houston was going to reveal their jerseys because i feel like we got to a point this season where there was like two jersey reveals every day like i got a text from herm and it was like are we the hockey house pod or are we just like the jersey reveal instagram page because it got to that point so when i when houston was revealing their jerseys i was like oh my gosh we haven't had one of these in a long time and uh so they revealed theirs uh i think we can all agree from from the media side of things maybe the video editing could use some work, but nonetheless, it was a really good solid jersey. It looks like they're gonna wear red helmets. They got the red road jersey and the white home jersey with the UH block on the front. Collins, I'll throw it over you first. Uh, did you get a chance to see the jerseys and what were your thoughts?
1: I did get to get to see the jerseys. They were they were really, really cool. I really love that UH logo. It is it is really, really good. As as the hockey house video guy, I do think the video needs a little bit work, a little bit of work. So feel free to reach out if you ever need a little jersey reveal video. But they, they turned out great. I cannot wait to see these things once they are done production.
0: I will give them the benefit of the doubt. It is tough to like reveal jerseys before you actually have the physical jersey. And we did that at Cuse because we wanted to, before the jerseys actually came out, we wanted to sell jerseys to help fund the new jerseys coming in. So sometimes you have to take that route of unveiling them on the graphics. So I think they did the best with what they could, but Herm, I'm curious. Did, what did you think of the jerseys? looks like a clean, classic college hockey Jersey.
2: Yeah. Took the words out of my mouth. Pretty standard looking X jerseys did another solid design on this one. Uh, echo the point about the video editing a little bit clean overall, and it'll look good in a very, very solid Texas Jersey scene.
0: I was going to say, Fitz, you can't go wrong with having the, uh,
3: the interlocking U in the, you know, on the front of the, the Jersey, right? What like their university of Houston? Like what's the, what's the, uh... The cougars cougars okay i don't know i don't think they have like a cougar logo i think they just have the uh the one they have the patch on the shoulder or like the little cougars like holding a hockey stick that yeah. would be sick if they put that as like
2: i'm literally getting a call from houston right now <laughs> swear to fucking god no idea what this number is I you swear, have to answer not it. planned i have to take <laughs> this. i have to take this hello it was a spam call. It that oh. was very anticlimactic. I'm, I'm very sorry, boys. That was that you could not make up that. It's
0: the video editor from Houston. They heard us talking about about the
3: video and, and they called.
0: But <laughs> so I was like, it's like uh, Indiana. You can't go wrong having the school
3: logo with the interlocking U on the front true the the little uh cougar that they have on the the shoulder patch where it says like like houston ice hockey club yep that would be sick on the front michigan has a little like they have a wolverine with like like the hat on i think they have one it's an alternate jersey i think that would be sick as like a third little uh jersey they could go for
0: we'll have to stay tuned in the next couple months maybe they will drop a third jersey fitzy inspired we might have touched on this in the nationals recap i don't know if we did herm you got a photo of it so i know you saw it and i wanted to get your reaction because alex dodds a at a Dodds media on Instagram. He killed it at nationals. He helped us get a ton of video all week long. He was just doing it to film for the passion of the game, former ACHA guy from New Hampshire. And uh, he's been posting clips from nationals. And he posted one today of Adrian goaltender, Noah Decotnes, and he wipes out in the intros and catches himself. I'm so astonished. Like, you know, everyone say what you want about goalies. He catches an edge, catches himself, and then just goes right back to what he was doing beforehand, locked in the zone. Herm, I want to get your reaction because we just posted the video today. I'm sure people listening have seen this. Like, what was your reaction when you saw that in person?
2: First thought was we have to send it to at No Context Club Hockey because. Collins was just starting that as Nationals was going on. I was like, well, that's our moment right there. But Deco is stoic between the pipes, and I knew he was going to rebound from that. It was just kind of one of those goofy moments to kick off a National Championship game that you really wouldn't have expected. And I happened to be on the bench and had my lens trained on all of the Adrian guys and caught the whole sequence there. It definitely threw me for a loop, but all of the Adrian guys took it in stride really well.
0: And it's kind of ironic that it ended up being a goalie duel too like it didn't phase him at all one nothing he ends up getting the loss but a back and forth hockey game where he played outstanding both goalies really did And um, I think it just goes to show how locked in he was.
2: Speaking of a goalie duel, Alex Dodds did mention in the DMs today, and I want to say this because you guys flamed me for my take. He said, as you may have remembered, it was a low-scoring right-checking game. Maybe unpopular opinion, but I thought it was one of the best hockey games I've watched. Just playoff hockey, tons of block shots, and no room on the ice. For you guys who said it was a boring game, Alex and I saw that one a little bit differently.
0: I'll let I'll let Collins chime in after, but I can't wait because he's going to drop a video like a national championship game recap, and he's done them for the other games as well. But ever since they did it in Frisco with the uh, YouTube recaps of every game, what was that twenty nineteen? We've just been missing out on that, so I can't wait to see what he, what he puts together for that one.
1: Listen, I'm not. I, I thought it was a great game. Hockey TV did us dirty. Hockey TV did us dirty one hundred percent, but also from a content standpoint, it was brutal great to watch hockey on the tv and you know just kind of chill out after coming back i wanted some goals i wanted some highlights so i could so we could really get going on social but you know it was kind of hard to to try and find good like filler content it was just uh, a lot of back and forth and it was obviously a great game i really enjoyed it but i think like murph said hockey tv did us dirty
0: referring to the camera angle as as roman kramer texted me throughout that game that day and justin adamski they were like tell the camera guy to figure it out i'm like i'm back in Syracuse now so I can't I can't do that but all you can do is just tweet at the ACHA Twitter account and get them to fix it and eventually they did so yeah that was a good clip to see a nice little throwback clip wanted to give out some stick taps this week uh we do have an speaking of Roman Kramer actually with ACHA to Australia our friend Roman Kramer from Robert Morris and member of the gold medal winning USA team World Cup of University Hockey he signed with the Melbourne Ice of the Australian Ice Hockey League he actually joins former ACHA and Syracuse Orange goalie, Austin Lefkowitz, who recently came out of retirement to sell, sign with Melbourne. We got this DM a while ago. He actually last played pro hockey back in the Fed in 2016 for the Danbury Titans, came out of retirement this season to play for the Melbourne Ice in the Australian League. So we got, I got a couple ACHA guys on the team. I'm sure there's more ACHA guys in this league, but for right now, Melbourne Ice, that's our team. Uh, shout out to Roman Kramer and Austin Lefkowitz. And then speaking of the Orange, I did want to give a shout out out to the alumni president of syracuse university ryan mcnaughton he is a really good friend follow him on social media i actually found him because he used to comment on all the syracuse hockey posts like where can i get a jersey and then i looked and like this guy had a blue check mark and he had his profile picture was like him speaking at graduation in his bio is like Syracuse university alumni president. And I was like, well, if the alumni president wants us selling jerseys, like we got to figure out how to sell jerseys. Like this could be huge. And so I actually met up with him a couple of times when he visited campus. He's a huge supporter of the ACHA because he worked in fundraising at Kent state and he helped bring back broadcaster, Steve Albert, who went to Kent state and did the hockey broadcasting He hadn't been on campus since he graduated. Ryan brought him back as the fundraising guy at Kent State. And he actually, Steve Albert, ended up donating $50,000 to the Kent State ACHA program off of that. So when I talked to him about ACHA hockey at Syracuse, he was always a big fan. He bought our replica jerseys when they finally went on sale. And I thought of him um, when I was doing the notes tonight because – He's actually, he served his two-year term as alumni president at Syracuse and he actually spoke at commencement the other day. So I want to make sure we gave him a shout out during the stick taps for all his support of the ACHA. Finally, another stick tap, this person is just killing it. Herm, I'll, I'll kind of toss over to you, but Caroline Sellers, she is a graphic designer for the Florida Panthers. I feel like most of the time when we talk about like social media content, people are probably just like, what the heck are these guys talking about? Even if you're just an average hockey fan, you've seen these graphics that the Florida Panthers content team is putting out. The Hurricanes are doing it, probably not for much longer. The Panthers are doing it. Even the Golden Knights are hopping on it now. Uh, These NHL teams with the graphics before the playoff games. And she, I think she did the pregame graphic for game three the other night, and she had another one too. But she was a social media manager at Liberty, and she started this job uh, with the Florida Panthers back in January. So I want to make sure we gave her a shout out. Herm, I know you and I got to connect with her at Nationals a couple of years ago, but she's just doing an awesome job.
2: Supremely talented. I kind of alluded to her last week, what sort of talent comes out of the ACHA, and it's been fully on display for the hockey world to see. These two teams are having a creative duel off the ice, and it's so, so awesome to finally see hockey Twitter and then people beyond kind of appreciate how high quality graphic design is uh, in the NHL landscape because often it feels like that spotlight goes to other leagues. These teams and Caroline specifically are finally getting their their fair shake.
0: Definitely. Friend of the show, Caroline Sellers killing it for the Floor Panthers. Speaking of friends of the show, we have a very special guest this week, longtime listener and friend of the show, Stony Brook Goalie, Thomas Sullivan is going to join us. And as always, this one is brought to you by OptumX Sports. They provide teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. Be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral link at OptumXSports.com slash sign up slash Hockey House Pod. I'm going to pull it up right now because there's a bunch of teams hopping on the bandwagon this week and signing up for OptumX Sports. I know I gave them a shout out last week. The coaching staff at Kansas, I believe the Jayhawks have signed up for OptumX Sports. Texas Tech Hockey is joining OptumX Sports and uh, the University of Kentucky is joining OptumX Sports. That is a huge one. Um, And the women's team at Michigan State and last but not least, the University of Texas too. So that's that's a big one as well. As always, if you're looking to up your team's appearance online this offseason make sure that you're looking the part start earning revenue all these kinds of things open up a team store head to optimexsports.com now to our interview with stony brook goalie thomas sullivan we are pleased to be joined by a good friend and longtime supporter of the show stony brook goaltender number 35 thomas sullivan the third sully welcome to the hockey house pod
4: first time long time murph it's about time better late than never but i'm happy to be here we figured we'd get you on
0: afterwards. We figured there'd be more to share after your career was over. But I mean, congratulations on graduation. What have you been up to the last couple of weeks? How is that kind of wrapping things up
4: at Stony Brook? I mean, it's it, it's been a surreal past couple, uh, couple of weeks or when, probably a month or two. Yeah, like you said, I wanted to wait till I graduated to come on because I didn't want to get bulletin board material to any other teams or anybody else in the league or the conference. The last couple of weeks, just been wrapping up school, graduation, packing up my hockey house at school. Um, literally just finished moving back home yesterday, um, and just trying to get everything in order before uh, before the big boy job starts uh, next week.
0: What can you share with us? What's what's the big boy job?
4: Yeah, so I got uh, I came back this year for Stony for my MBA in healthcare management. So I'm going to be working for Northwell Health. Um, they're a major healthcare player on Long Island. Um, so I'm going to be uh, doing a financial analyst role for them. It's something that I grew interested in the past year doing doing the MBA and doing the program, um, and and I'm lucky to be able to work with them. That's awesome. So now you
0: grew up in Long Island, right? So like you, you've kind of been on Long Island your whole life.
4: Yeah, pretty much. I thought it was funny. When I saw you guys had the Binghamton on last week, I was like, Oh, you have another SUNY school and more guys from Long Island two weeks in a row. Um, I feel like everybody's going to get tired of hearing about it, but, uh, born and raised on Long Island. So I'm from Florida park and nobody knows where that is. I'm down the road from Belmont and UBS. So that's the easy landmark that I tell everybody. Now I'm walking distance to all the Islander games. That is
0: insane. And it, I guess doesn't everybody have to walk to the Islanders games now because of, like the parking situation?
4: The parking situation's brutal. They're working on it. They uh this year they got the Long Island Railroad set up, so train access has been pretty easy from Stony Brook. It, I think it's a 45 or 50 minute train straight in, straight out. Um so it makes it easier uh, especially if you want to have a few before the game. Yeah, that was
0: my crew when we went to the Pinstripe Bowl. Saw Q's play and then we did the the Long Island Railroad up to the game. It, it, we had a blast. It was awesome. I was at
4: that game too. I and I didn't I didn't realize you guys were there until way afterwards.
0: Now do you go to as many games as you can? Do you have season tickets or are you just you're going when you can?
4: Kind of going when I can. I don't have season tickets, but I know somebody who um that who I work for who they give me a lot of tickets.
0: Well it's funny you mentioned like last week we had kids from long island on who went to binghamton you're a kid from long island and that's kind of where like your hockey cre- your pre-acha career starts in binghamton like walk us through deciding to go to binghamton and play in the na3
4: right out of high school i made the decision on playing juniors my parents were supportive they were all on board so that helped a lot the first two years out of high school i played uh, or my senior year of high school in the year after i played for the metro moose which was the old mj league that was an experience and a half being, I was seventeen, and I was playing with. I was in. I'm in '98. I was playing with '95s that were age outs. It was learning experience and a half. So I played two years there, and then they folded. Team got sold, whatever. And and I was I was past that. So it was time to look onto something else. So naturally, I fell for the beat I went to every single null pre-draft camp that I could. Um, literally all of them, driving distance to me. Um, and one of them. Uh, the guy that ran Binghamton at the time, Ray Welsh, saw me, liked me, got my number, was like, "Hey, if these don't work out, come to Binghamton." And I looked into it, and I was like, "I'm in." Honestly, like that first phone call with him is like the six degrees of my hockey career. It's all started with that. Like I saying yes, I'm moving away from home, four or five hours upstate, and and playing up there. I had uh, I played two years there. It, it was an unreal time. I always describe it as. I was a college kid before being in college because Binghamton's awesome. It's a college town. I mean, you know, being Syracuse, not too far away. It's a college town. I'm just playing hockey. I'm working out in the morning. I'm practicing twice a day, and then there's nothing to do after that. I had a lot of fun up there. Former
0: guest of the show sent in a question and made sure we wanted to ask you about it um, from your time in Binghamton, Hunter Keppel from Concordia was asking, he said that your first day in Binghamton that you bought your goalie stall for 100 Bones.
4: That's a true story. I mean, it was juniors, so guys are constantly coming in, getting moved around. If I remember correctly, we had like four goalies, three or four, whatever it was, and a new one was coming in. I had like the goalie stall from the whole year the kid that came in who ended up being our starter and he was gross and i still talk to him all the time coach was like hey sully like pack up your shit like you have the chair in the corner i didn't even have a stall he was like you have the chair and i was like coach like no way it's not happening and he was like you guys figure it out i looked at the kid i was like name your price not thinking he i thought he'd say something astronomical he said 100 bucks i had 100 bucks in my wallet i said here take it you go sit over there that first year in Binghamton i played like three games less than three games i think i played two and a half i was having a fun time but i wasn't playing like i was scratched every game i had like not a whole lot hockey wise going for me i'm like i'm sitting in the stall this is like the only thing I have going for me so that is a true story keppel has other stories to tell from binghamton too while he was there and i'm happy that's probably the only one he brought up <laughs> Oh, you, you
0: also mentioned like being in binghamton at this time were the Sens there is this the binghamton devils like were you going to the ahl games
4: yeah so it was the binghamton devils the billets that i lived with were the same thing i lucked out so well they were awesome people i still talk to them too and have a great relationship with them they owned Deli in Binghamton, and their main thing—it wasn't like a normal like New York deli, city deli that I was used to. Little less busy, kind of not as structured, or the same kind of menu items and stuff. But their main thing was like sausages, like sausage links, patties. That was their go-to. And they had sponsorships all across town, different companies, supermarkets, the minor league baseball team that's up there, the hockey team. So they had all these advertisements. So they had season tickets. Uh, for both years, I was up there. So same thing. If it nothing to do at night, the Devils were playing. We went to the game. And a lot of nights, it was dressed like a seat night because it's a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Nobody's going to a game. But the weekend games on like a Friday or Saturday, it was packed. It was a great time. The team wasn't that good when i was there but a lot of the guys on the nhl devils now were playing in binghamton when i was there so it's kind of funny to be like yeah i remember watching you like your first second year in the ahl
0: the guy that you you bought the stall off of where where did he end up playing after being in binghamton
4: this is a crazier story so he was from minnesota he was a year younger he's a 99 and he played same thing like two years in the NA 3 was like if i can't make the NA, I'm going to school, I'm not doing this, and that's ended up what happened. So he went back home to Minnesota, he went to school at Minnesota Duluth, and he was playing on their Acha team. I think it was last season, their men's program, their NCAA program, their third goalie, like got hurt, season ending, like something bad. They needed a goalie. And he was playing on their Atsha team. He got called up to the varsity program for the whole year, only had to dress, only had to practice and dress home games, didn't have to travel, got free gear, free everything. It was new year to him, but it was stuff that they had stored from other guys. And he was on the team for the whole year. I was like, that's insane. All you have to do is get dressed and sit on the bench. Like I do that now. And you got to do that at the NCAA level. And it's great for a natural, for like a natural. National contending program in Minnesota Duluth, like that's insane.
0: I mean that that's the dream right there. That that's pretty funny. You mentioned getting to meet the the Devils GM at a a spot in Binghamton. What was that like? You said it was one of your more memorable off ice experiences playing juniors.
4: Yeah, it is. So literally the last one of the last nights I was in Binghamton. Like I just finished the season. I'm aged out, ready to pack up, go home, get ready to school. My billets We went to the game that night last home game, whatever, they win, they lose, whatever. Game ends at like 9-9-30. I told my billets, I'm like, listen, like, leave me downtown. I'm just going to head to the local watering hole and wait for all the guys to get here. And they're like, okay, no problem. Like, you know, we'll see you tomorrow, like get home safe. So I went to the bar early knowing, I mean, I was underage, obviously. So I knew that if I got there early, I'd just get in no problem. So that's what I did. And I sat at the bar and I waited for all the other guys to get there. And I'm sitting there, this is the end of March. So it's March madness is going on. I just sat and watched the basketball games. And all of a sudden this one guy, nice suit, um, and his wife sit down on one side of me. And then this guy, the guy sits on the other side of me and they start having a conversation like across me. And I'm like, this is annoying. Like I, why am I in the middle of this? But they're talking about the game and they're talking about, oh, you know, turn over this, turn over that bad penalties. And the guy in the suit is like, like I could tell he knows hockey. It, it just clicked. And I was like, oh, okay, this is weird. So bars starting to fill up. I'm like, Hey, like, I'm gonna to go to the bathroom. Can you hold my hold my stool? And he was like, Yeah, no problem. Go to the bathroom, come back. They're still talking across me. And the guy go, and they start talking about the goalie. The guy in the suit is like two soft ones out of him. Like, I don't think we're re him next year, like all this. And I was like, We're not re I'm like, who are you? The one guy like talking across me. I'm like, dude, like you got you're in my ear. Like, you gotta leave. I turn to the guy in the suit. I'm like, you know what you're talking about. Like, who are you? And he's like, Oh, my name's Tom Fitzgerald. I'm the GM of the Binghamton team. I'm the assistant GM of the Devils, the NHL Devils. And I was like, "No, nah, you're messing with me. I pulled out my phone, and I Googled him, and I matched. I looked at the picture, I looked at him, I was like, Oh, sorry, so you're not messing with me. And we just started talking. And he's like, He wants to know everything about me. I'm like, Yeah, just a local junior player from Long Island, all this stuff. And he's like, Junior player, how did you get in the bar? What are you doing in here? I'm like, How does anybody get in here? I walked in the front door. He thought that was like hilarious. He thought it was the funniest thing he's ever heard. Just started talking. He's like, Oh, you're from Long Island. I'm like, Yeah, I'm going to Stony Brook next year. And he was like, Stony Brook, I know where that is. I, I played for the Islanders in the 90s. I got, I'm like, Oh, I'm like, I have no idea who this guy was. And we're talking probably like a half hour. And then I'm like, hey, watch my stool again. Like, I already broke the seal. I'm like, I got to go back to the bathroom. He's like, no problem. I go to the bathroom. I come back. All the guys from the team are coming in. I'm like, guys, guys, you got to meet the devil's GM. I'm sitting next to him at the bar. I go to the bar. He's gone. And I'm like, ah, he, he Irish goodbye me. I'm like damn so all my teammates thought I was crazy and then I'm like all right like bars filling up like I'm gonna leave the I'm gonna leave the stool we're just gonna walk around I go to close out my tab the bartender goes no the the guy in the suit got you he he took care of you and I was like no way dude just Irish goodbye me paid my tab like that was the biggest show move like I've ever seen and nobody believes me because nobody was there to see it
0: that's National League stuff right there that's that's legendary. Yeah,
4: that was an interesting last night.
0: It's funny uh you mentioned stories that nobody believes and this is an Islanders related one so you'll get a kick out of this but when we went to the game at, at UBS we sat down in like the club seats where you could go to like get the food between periods and we were tired there's like 5 minutes left Islanders are up to nothing so we start heading to the exit and we're leaving we get to the, like the doors a ground level at UBS like we're going to go catch the bus back to the, the train station yeah. and one of My buddies, he's the Islanders fan of the group. The rest of us are just there to watch a hockey game. And he left his coat on our seats. And we didn't realize it until we got to the doors. So he goes back into the rink. As he's getting back to the seats, like, the game is ending and the Blue Jackets are coming off the ice. And he goes to take a video of, like, the Blue Jackets walking down the tunnel because that's, like, you know, it's like kind of like the VIP area. Like, you can – you're, like, walking in the same tunnel as the players. Goes to pull out his phone and take a video of Johnny Gajero coming off the ice. Drops his phone right in front of the Blue Jackets. And he took forever to come meet up with us. And he was doing the same thing. He's like, dude, I, I was about to get, I was right with the blue jackets and nobody
4: believed him because no one was there to see it. It's one of the things where you just gotta be a good storyteller and everybody adds a little salt pepper onto it. But that's uh true story. I sat there, I was like, just, Watched a random marsh madness game i was like that was sick now he's the nhl devil's gm and he's wheeling and dealing and they're they were unreal this year and i'm like yeah i met that guy like six years ago at a bar
0: do you know who the goalie was that night that he said that we're not going to resign
4: yeah cam johnson He's been in the minors since he's bounced around a little bit. He played in North Dakota. I know that he's. I think he might be in like Columbus's organization. He's somewhere. He's still bouncing around though.
0: So you mentioned at that point you already knew you were going to Stony Brook. At what point during the year did you commit to Stony Brook? Like, were you looking at other ACHA schools where you're like, oh, I'm going to go back to Long Island? Like, what was that process
4: like? thinking back on it now, like being an age out in juniors, it's the same thing as being a senior in college. What am I doing next? Like the clock is running out. Time is up. In juniors, it's where am I going to school? Am am I just going to work? Am I going to school? What am I doing? Senior year of college, it's where am I working? Am I moving back home? What's going on? So in juniors, I knew my last year in Binghamton, I'm like, I got to play. And I did. I played like 20 or 25 games. Me and the other goalie split almost all of them. So it at least I played. That was a good start. And, and I played well in my head. I'm like, I'm from New York. I got to go to school in New York. That's where my money is going to go the furthest with either the SUNY system or if I go to a private school in state tuition, like that's where it's going to stretch like the furthest. Like if I could drive, uh, if I'm driving distance, maybe commute, you know, some, all, all that stuff. So I'm like, I need to go to school in New York. So I immediately started looking at the SUNYAC being like, I want to play D3, want to play in the SUNYAC. It'll be good. And obviously like the top half of that conference is just gross. They don't commit kids from the NA3 automatically marked off half of them. But the bottom half, I'm like, okay, start emailing coaches, start looking in, start admissions, like all this stuff. I only went on one visit and it was to Morrisville and I hated it. It was terrible. My captain at the time, who Eric Melso, who ended up going there. I remember halfway through the tour, we go to the bathroom and I look at him. I'm like, dude, what do you, what do you think so far? And he was like, oh, my God, I love it. Like, this is awesome. Like, all this stuff. And I was like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, are we at the same place right now? Meanwhile, this kid had 30 offers his age out here from all these D3 schools in the country. And he could have went anywhere. And he went to Morrisville. And I still give him crap for that. Anyway, not to, you know, dump all over them. But still, it just wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. So I'm like, all right, SUNYAC's not working out. I got to look. A-C-H-A, looking at in-state schools, close to home, stuff like that. And then I'm like, if I'm playing i I'm like, I want to go to Stony Brook. I'm an hour away, less than an hour away. I knew the team. I knew the program. I know all about the school. I knew guys that were there before. I can do this. My grades were really good in high school. I took a lot of EP classes, did really well. So getting in, easy. Like my coach um, always joked that like, you know, he's got to help kids get in left and right. He didn't have to do that for me. Just got in easy and then it was just about him like you know sending him highlight films getting on the ice having him just look at me being like okay yes I like you you can come that was the hardest part um so that took a little bit of time but then once that happened he said yes like I want you on the team I want you here I was like boom this is where I'm going and it became official so that was like the end of February it would have been the end of February like my age out year so we still had like playoffs and like nationals and like probably a whole month left so a little bit of time but that's how that that's how that worked out.
0: And it's crazy too, just like how far everything has come in the last couple of years, obviously a lot more junior hockey teams and leagues now, but it even feels like at the time, like guys from the NA three are looking between NCAA D three and ACHA division one, like very rarely now are you seeing NA three kids going ACHA division one, especially to, to, you know, some of the top programs like the Stony Brook's out there. I'm interested once, once you got to Stony
4: Brook your freshman year, what was your welcome to the ACHA moment? I feel like I got a good one, you know, move into the house low background, like all the guys on the team live off campus in housing, suburbs, residential, like we're all so when you say like the hockey house, we have like six of them. So it's just about like which one we're going to for whatever night. So the house I was at moving, get settled, all this good stuff. Training camp started the week before classes started. And then I think it was like the first week of classes. Whatever. So like training camps over, you know, running sprints, scrimmages you know all that good stuff so last day and our coaches are like hey like we have the club um, or the team golf outing tomorrow morning and we need all the freshmen all the rookies to show up and volunteer the whole day and i'm like you gotta be kidding me we were on a golf court we had to be there like seven in the morning so like i had to be there at seven it wasn't around the corner i had to be up at like five i'm like on like a friday or saturday morning i'm like this sucks and oh my god, I have to volunteer at a golf course all day. It ended up being really good. We get there, you know, the guys setting it up were really nice, told us what to do, where to go, all this stuff. So it was cold, it was raining, it was like miserable. It was not a good day. So we're sitting outside all day, we're doing taking care of business. We come back inside. It's like lunchtime, the day's over, everybody played. The guy running it, um, one of our alumni, he actually goes to Syracuse Law School. His name's Stan Brewster. He was running it and he was like, Hey guys, we're doing a raffle. Thanks for helping out. Thanks for volunteering. You guys don't have to buy raffle tickets. Here's a couple, go put them in whatever you want, you know, on us. And I'm like, okay, word. So I go to the table and they have, you know, these gift baskets. They have a couple signed items, nothing crazy. The one item they had a Kyle Palmieri signed devil's jersey. And I'm like, that looks pretty fresh. So backstory, my freshman year, my captain, my freshman year was Kyle Palmer's brother. Devin Kyle Palmieri was there at the golf outing. He he was participating. So I'm like, okay, we got signed jersey. I'm like, you know what? I'm going all in. I'm putting all my tickets in this basket. Like this would look sick. That was the same day we had to run. Like me and my roommate, we had to make it to freshman orientation. One of the orientation days. Like we had to go like pick up ID cards or whatever. So we were pressed for time, and he was like, so we got to go. I'm like, I am not leaving until this raffle is over because I put all my tickets in that basket, and this is the last item they're going to call, and that's exactly what happened. And they call it, pull my ticket, and I won the jersey. And I'm like, this is sick. I go up there. I'm smiling ear to ear. Everybody's like making fun of me. Half the team doesn't even know me yet. And, and I get the jersey. And then somebody somebody cracked a joke. They're like, oh, what, you want a picture with them? I'm like, yeah, I do. He's sitting right there. So I got a picture with him holding the jersey and everything. And I was like, this is sick. College is sick. I'm going to have a great four years. Real bumpy road after that. But that was a solid start. And I was like, I'm happy I came here. You mentioned the devil's
0: Jersey, but that makes sense. Like he then signs with the Islanders later on too, which is is pretty cool. Walk us through freshman year. I know you guys, I feel like the biggest thing that I got out of your freshman year, I, I didn't have time to roll back the footage to see if you were on the bench for this, but that trip to Vegas seemed like it was like one of the crazier parts of your career.
4: You know where I was for that trip? Sitting home on the couch, watching on YouTube like everybody else. I got left, That this would have been my second like welcome to the ACHA moment. I didn't know not everybody goes on every trip. We're coming up like November's like the Liberty trip. I'm like, oh, play ESPN, like all this stuff. Nope, got left home. I'm like, this kind of sucks. So coming up to the Vegas trip, we had four goalies. It was three seniors and me. So I was the odd man out. I dressed like a handful of games. I was in a suit like every game. But coming up to the trip, my coach is like, hey, I'm only taking three. I don't know what's up with Keats. I don't know if he's gonna come. Like he was a little banged up. He's like, oh, wishy washy. I don't know if I'm going. And I'm like, dude, like you gotta know the day before, like, you gotta change names on plane tickets. Like, what is going on? So finally, like he goes, No, I'm going. So I was like on the on the border of going, not going. And I was just like, all right, fine. I think I got this right. Like I was the only healthy guy to be left back. Everybody else was hurt or like in crutches or you know, messed up. So everybody went to Vegas. Me and all the injured guys, we sat at the house and watched both games on YouTube, both nights, and then went out. What a roll. Rollerco- I mean, sitting back, that, I mean, I wish I was there for that. But anytime, like you just said, like anytime any of the guys talk about the Vegas trip, I'm like, oh, yeah, man. I remember like it was yesterday. I was in the locker room after we beat them twice, like and on their stupid little Christmas jersey night or whatever. Wild. I mean, that, that turned our season around, though, because we were, that first semester, we lost like six straight. We dropped out of rankings at one point. Verbal Meme was like the episode of SpongeBob where he's running around and all the cat, all file cabinets are on fire. Like, that was our team. It was bad. And then we went to them, beat them twice in regulation, and we shot back up the rankings. And then the rest of the year, like, we. We played really well and we ended up finishing seventh. But then COVID shut everything down and there was no nationals. You talk about losing
0: six straight. I don't know if we were a part of that, but we, with the bet that shows you how long ago it was. I think we took three of four from you guys in Syracuse. We beat you on the first night, and then I think you guys wanted a shootout.
4: Or, yeah, it was. You know, bad. it,
0: it might have been overtime. It might have been the game you guys won overtime. It was a three on zero in overtime because we had two guys blow a tire on a two on one, and then they came down. But talk about what's that like? We'll get to it in a little bit about like the art of being a backup goalie. But what is that like being like the odd man out? If you have three senior goalies in the in the rotation, and you're kind of just the freshman, was there a lot of like them teaching you, or did you at times feel like you were kind of on an island?
4: I will say, like, they, the three guys at the time, Shipman, Lockwood, Keating, like, they were on rail. They were awesome. Like, we were so tight as a group. Like, they didn't ever make me feel like that in the goalie room, quote unquote. We were so tight. I did learn a lot from them, maybe more of not what to do, maybe um, things not to do. I knew going in, I'm like, okay, I'm coming in. There's three seniors, I'm the freshman. If I look back to juniors, My first year in Binghamton, I barely played. My second year, I come back, I played 20, 25 games. I played really well. I'm like, okay, no big deal. Like, I didn't expect to play right away. Like, I knew this going in. There was no shock. There was no culture shock. There was no, you know, sitting there crying on the phone to mom and dad saying, I want to come home. I want to leave. There's none of that. I knew what I was in for because I'm like, I have four years. I don't need to play right away. That was okay. Like, I managed that. And then it's just about being... I mean, you kind of talked about it already, like like nobody likes a goalie that complains. Nobody likes a goalie that sits there and is like miserable. Nobody cares, nobody empathizes with that. So I just sat, I came, I worked hard in practice. I tried to get better. I tried to get our coaches to like me. Some positives out of something, you know, get along with the guys, like all, all this good stuff. I mean, we talk about like not going on the road trips and stuff, I mean, you know, at first it sucks, but it's like, all right, you know, whatever. Because like I said, we finished seventh in the country that year. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, if we win a championship, I don't care. I still get a ring. It was the same thing in Binghamton. We win and I'm not playing. I'm okay with that because we won. I'm a winner. I can say that. I can hang the banner. It's okay. That's kind of been the mentality like my entire hockey career is like if the team is doing well, okay, good. It's when we lose, that's the frustrating part because then it's like, okay, I need to be better. I can't let up that one or this other kid is terrible. Put me in or, you know, something like that. And that's where the balance is. And it, you know, it's not easy. It's not for everybody, but that, that was kind of a, uh, kind of how it played out. What was
0: it like in the room, you know, leading up to the the pandemic? Like, I don't know if you remember or not, but that week of the actual playoffs, they were like sent out a memo, like, Hey, keep your gloves on in the handshake line. Let's, let's just be extra cautious here. The tournament wraps up. And then I remember seeing on Twitter, like Stony Brook is not allowing their ACHA team to go to nationals. And I was like signing the petition, retweeting it. Like this is BS, like what's going on. And then, you know, very quickly. I mean, they were shutting
4: down the NBA,
0: so it, it, things happened very quickly.
4: Oh, I remember because actual playoffs, we lose to Liberty. Liberty finished like two in the country that year. They were steamrolling everybody. I, I looked at them and was like, "They're gonna win the whole thing," you know. Not to rub it in, but so they beat us. We're on the bus going home. My coach already told me, "Hey, you're not on the trip to Nationals. I can't take everybody." So again, another trip. I'm like, damn, I'm not going. So at the time on the bus back, it was me and our our social media guy, Pete lufer who does so much for the team. We're looking at like all the pr- the, the prices of flights were dropping like crazy. So I'm like, dude, like I'm not going. You're not going. How about we just go together? We'll just pay our way. Cheap flight, cheap hotel. Stay around the team. We're kind of we show up for the games, but we're kind of in our own hotel room. We can do whatever we want. If the stars are in town, we go to a stars game, like something like that. I'm like, we plan this whole thing out. I'm like, this is going to be sick. And then he goes, he has his ear to the ground, at Stony Brook. He knows a lot of people in the administration and those offices. And he goes, Sully, let's let's just hold off another day or two. I got to just another. Let's give it 48 hours. So I go, okay, sounds good. And my coach, he turns around and he goes over my dead body. They'll cancel nationals and not let the school won't let us go to nationals over my dead body. I got news for you. He's still alive. We didn't go to nationals and the school was like, they laughed at us. They were like, not happy. so like, It was like the next day I was on campus. We get the text. Hey, bad things are coming, not going. The petition, my roommate, uh, Davin Vandesilver makes the petition. We got reamed for doing that because we were making the school look like idiots. We, we were making them look bad. We got ten, twenty thousand 20,000 people signing a petition to Let's Go Nationals because we were the first ones. The school was like, nope, not happening. But the problem was that we were pissed because we were the only club sport to be shut down. The men's rugby team had a trip to Bermuda coming up. They weren't canceled yet. The varsity basketball teams had playoffs. They weren't canceled yet, but we couldn't go to Dallas. And I'm like, you're kidding. So we were pissed. But then another day or two, everything started shutting down. Like you said, there's nothing we can do. We say, goodbye to the season feel bad for the seniors and and that was a wrap but that was how that played out and that yeah I still remember all that
0: what was it like going into the next year I'm assuming you guys were in the same boat state of New York was stricter than most places. I know you guys were doing like the skill skates, kind of like what we were doing, like 12 guys on the ice wearing masks, like a little bit different for you guys. Cause you're practicing off campus. So I'm, I'm sure there's a little more leniency mentally. I'm sure you're going into that year. Like, wow, we just had three guys graduate. Like I'm the guy, like, when is this going to get lifted? Because I I want to, I, you know, it's, it's my time to shine. What was that waiting game? Like, That
4: was interesting because again, it's like every month it was, are we, are we playing? Are we not playing? Pushing it back, pushing it back. So first thing I did was I moved back home. I said, I'm a little less than an hour away. So I'm like, I'm dropping my lease The guys at the house. We let that house go like I'm moving home. And then it was just like trying to stay in touch. Like a lot of guys still stayed out there where they're still hanging out, all this stuff. So what ended up happening was that in the second semester the school, let us, they let us practice. We practiced for three months, like February, March, and April. Um, our normal practice times, same thing. Like we had to split up into three different locker rooms. We had to wear masks, like all this stuff. We still had to get tested. And I was driving back. Now all of a sudden I'm commuting to school, but not for class, just to practice. And I'm like, this sucks. I'm like, we're not even playing. Why, what are we doing? But it was a good way to stay on the ice. It was a good way to stay connected with all the guys. And and that was it. And then that's when that's when the Russian stud Kazakov came in that COVID year. And I got to look at him and I was like, I am screwed. And then it was, that was it. Talk to us about Kaz because he, he seems
0: like a, a character. I don't know if there's, like, a stereotype about Russian goalies just being characters. Like He seems like he's got maybe a little bit of Bobrovsky in him, lights out in the crease. You look at his EP, he's just, like, off the charts for a couple of years, and he just ends up at Stony Brook. Like, what was that like?
4: I love Kazzy. Like I said, like, all the – I will say my my time at Stony Brook, like, all the goalies we've all gotten along, if they need something, hey, give me a call, I'll help you out, like, that kind of thing. Um, helping each other out in the room. Kazzy, it took a little bit for him to warm up, For sure. You know, it was kind of quiet. Like, I think the first couple practices, like, we walk into the locker room. And these are like, you know, the normal locker rooms at the rinks. He's taking up, like, 14 hooks with all of his equipment and a whole corner just to himself. And we're like, who is this guy? Like, what is going on? It took him a little time to warm up, but, you know, as last season started picking up and he's on fire and he's playing and we're winning, it's like, okay, this, like, this is legit. Yeah, he's a character. Like, he, he knows when to be serious. He knows when to have fun. It was awesome to sit and watch him play because, you know what? Because, like, I'm, I don't know, five or six inches taller than him, not the same body type, not the same styles. Like, I would sit and watch him play and be like, I can't do any of that. I can't play like you. Nobody can play like you. It, it was crazy. Like, I can't be like, hey, Kazi show me how to do this, because I can't do it. But I will say, like, watching him, somebody said it on the pod, like, a long time ago. I told you, like, I listen to every episode. Kazakov versus Vorostek on Liberty, watching that matchup four times a year, you want to talk about bringing your popcorn to the bench. That, In my opinion, those two best goalies in the league, at least during my time, sitting and watching them go at it, unreal.
0: As I said, there was a game... Two years ago, did you guys lose in a shootout there? I think that was, that was like the one where it was a goalie duel, right?
4: Yeah. We classic, like we blew a lead. They tied it up at home. We lost in a shootout. Buddy Scott Lawson forgot the puck when he went for the shootout, left it at like halfway in the zone. So that was a tough way to lose because, I mean, we went to LaHaye for three years, didn't win a game, lost in a shootout in overtime a couple times, but didn't win. But if we want, I mean, we want to talk about a, Obviously, they're like the best arena to sit and watch as a fan or a player. Like getting to sit in the tunnel with the little secure um, campus police standing behind me, so nobody gives us crap, and just sitting there and having the scratchers bring me snack bar food the whole time, and I'm sitting there on ESPN looking at myself like mucking food, like unreal, good time.
0: Now, because we brought it, you were kind of doing the same setup at uh, at Centene during the national tournament in the tunnel. What's what goes into being like a good b- backup goalie? Where do you get your style inspiration from? Are there certain guys in the in the league that you're looking at? Like what game day routine is a backup. Like are you picking
4: out a hat? Are you picking out the towel? What goes into it? So I had just said like nobody, nobody likes a goalie who is mopey, poopy pants, complaining. Nobody likes that. So again, if we're winning, like I'm all for it. You guys need waters, I'll bring you waters. You guys need good vibes, I'll bring good vibes. Like, it is what it is. So, going into life, so I did this in Binghamton, too. This was my my last year in Binghamton, my age out year. I didn't give a crap. Hated our coaches at the time because it was different coaches. Hated them. I was free-flowing, free spirit. Had towel, that's when it came into play. The inspiration is um, somebody who I know, Mike McKenna, who he does a lot of stuff with Daily Faceoff now. A couple of years ago, he would he would rate like goalie towels on tw- on his Twitter. Be like the tuck, the fold, the type of towel, like all this stuff. And that was when it clicked. I'm like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna be comfortable. So again, nobody likes a goalie that complains. So last year, I couldn't do it my freshman year. I was a freshman, like I have no leverage. I have nothing. Last year, I'm like, okay, I know I'm on the bench every day. We always rock the same hat, the same Stony Brook red hat. I mean, you gave me crap in Syracuse. I had my hockey house hat, but can't show that I'm playing favorites or pandering to the other side. I also didn't want to get sweat all over that one either so it had that one not happening always had the same stony brook red hat always had the same gatorade towel you got to fold it up the right way you got to tuck it in and it does kind of like keep the heat in for you know to a point game day warm up is the same as if i'm starting that, that was another thing that i felt like helped me so much and like be, stay loose is like if i was starting or backing up i was doing the same thing every day game you know i'm coming to the rink i'm stretching i'm playing sewer I'm doing the racquetballs, I'm the foam roller, like all this stuff. I'm doing the same thing. There was no difference. It wasn't, oh, crap, now I'm playing today. Like, what do I do? What do I do? Like, listen to the same music. So it just kept it loose like that. And then, yeah, when when we were in St. Louis, like, I looked at the benches. I'm like, I'm not standing up this whole game. Like, this is ridiculous. So I found the chairs on the other side. I'm like, I'm like, Garo? If you need me, I'm on the other side. Give me a wave. I'll keep eyes on the bench. Like, I'm like, I'll just, you'll give them their space. Nobody, nobody, like everybody's like, oh, the backup's got to open the door. Nobody likes that. Like, number one, who's opening the door? Like, you got to hop the bench, number one, unless you're hurt. But like, no, you're in the way. Like, it. it our home games at the rinks, like our trainer, Penelope, who, again, incredible. She has a lot of stuff. Like, she's legit. So she takes, she needs a lot of space, too. So I'm not trying to get in her way if there's an emergency. Like, what am I, somebody needs attention. Like, I'm not going to get in her way. So I'm like, I'll be in the penalty box. I'll be on the other side of the ice. I'm out of the way. If you need me, I'm here. And that's it. I'm just going to try to stay comfortable and loose. I mean, like I said, like nobody, I don't need to be on the bench to know what's going on on the bench. I can see everybody yelling at each other. I can see everybody just, you know, getting at their throats. It's the same experience.
0: You even took it a step further during COVID, you had the Jerry Cheever's mask as your mask on the bench too, which I I thought that was a very nice touch. Was that something that you ordered in the off season because you knew you might
4: need it? That's a company or um a guy. He has a Instagram page. I mean, no free ads, but goalie gear nerd. Um, same thing. He does Instagram and uh, and a website, basically gear reviews, all the new stuff, all the old stuff. And he came out. He has all his own logo. He came out with hats, and during COVID, he came out with the Max. And I'm like, all right, I'm buying. Two of them, I'm like, I'm going to need them for the foreseeable future. And I was rocking those. And then part of me wish I didn't because like a lot of people like outside hockey just didn't get it. I was looking scarier than usual and I'm like, great. But yeah, hockey related, I was like, yeah, I'll rock this. Like, no problem. So those those came in handy. I still had those laying around somewhere. Speaking of
0: goalie gear nerd, while we're on the subject, like what what's your gear preference? Have you always been a Brian's guy? Is that something that you got into?
4: I flipped back and forth a couple times when when Brian's came out with their I'm I'm gonna bore you with the goalie speak. When they came out with their original genetic line, I was playing like midgets and I got No, Bantam. I was playing Bantam. And I got the pads, and I loved them. So I used Brian's for, like, Bantam, Midget, my first year of juniors. But then I didn't like their newer lines. So then I went to Vaughn for a little bit. And then when I came back to school, I liked the fourth version of that line. And then I went back to them, and... year of COVID and not playing helped and also not playing a whole lot of games helped. I made one pair of pads and gloves last four years. That's the business major in me, getting them bang for my buck. That's unbelievable
0: too. Yeah, I'm looking through the Instagram right now and and you got that one pair of Brian's all the way through. Talk a little bit about that that first year back. You know, Stony Brook is is one of the top programs in the ACHA every year in the top 25. Some behind the scenes things that maybe people don't know. You guys have a gorgeous locker room. When Pep came on he talked about what it takes to
4: put that locker room together. When was the first time that you had to do that? The first time was that first year. Yeah. So, everything in the locker room, if you go to our, if anybody listening goes to the website, you see the pictures of the locker room. Everything in there needs to come out and go into a storage container, like one of those big heavy duty ones. And then in the summers, like that space is a pool locker room, like a public pool locker room. Everything's got to come out the stalls, the rug, everything on the walls, everything. So, if you have, you know, 15 guys, takes an hour. No problem. Set up, clean up, easy. When guys start not showing up, and there's only five or six of you, it turns into a workout and a half. So that was the first time putting it together first year. And then COVID in, it was like, what? We got canceled in March. We had to come back in May to pack everything up. I did that. That was the last time I set up or clean up a locker room. I was like, I am not doing it. I'm like, we have enough freshmen and younger guys. They can do this. I'm like, I'm not. It. And it worked out. Whether I had work, other commitments anytime we set it up or packed it up i wasn't around
0: what about the light show i, th- I feel like the light show is, is something that people notice when they first come to the rinks uh i remember being a freshman and the guys were like before we go out they're like hey like just keep your head up man like there's not a lot of light in the visiting end when they sh- when they kill the lights here and they they got the sparkler going when the seawolves hit the ice with the ice crew too uh like what's the game day atmosphere like at the rinks
4: I mean game days are I'm getting chills thinking about it because I miss it the light show the good part is that it's awesome the part that sucks is that if you're scratched you're the one setting up the lights and you got to get up on the ladder and hook that bad boy up and then take it down during the national anthem so it gets a little annoying um with the extension cord flopping all over the place game day at the rinks is awesome the stands again anybody who wants to look up pictures who hasn't been there the stands fill up really quick it turns into standing room around the glass really fast we get local support from the youth pro We got a bunch of little kids running around who want autographs in the locker room after games. Parents love bringing the family to weekend games. You get support from other kids on campus. You get a lot of student support, I think this year especially. We had a lot of other club teams coming to our games. We had soccer. We had rugby. This was probably the most we've had in terms of like school student support coming to games. Loving it. People that had never seen hockey games before coming to us and being like, that was unreal. My roommate this year, we had a kid on the rugby team living with us who needed a spot. His first hockey game that he went to was the game we beat Manhattanville. And he was a kid in a candy shop. He, had, he didn't know what to expect. He was like, this is unreal. This is madness. So we packed the ranks. I love it. The locker room is an unreal... Th- unreal thing to have like guys don't realize how fortunate they are not a backhanded chirp, but like taking their stuff home not having a locker room not having your own kind of like space is like annoying like if i had to carry my bag like anywhere like i'm like miserable so all that all that was um obviously pros that come with the program. You mentioned
0: uh, the Manhattanville game. What was that like being in the room before that? Like was that the Stanley Cup
4: for a lot of guys? So this year so we go to we go to Syracuse. We spank you guys the first game, the second game is like turns into a a running gun. I'm like I can't stop a beach ball. It's a 6-5 hockey game. I literally told you after the game I'm like this is not how I want to start my senior year. Like this is bad. Next weekend we play NYU. They're like tight games for some reason. Against NYU, we're like, what is going? On? All of a sudden, like, we're looking at each other. We're like, we just played tight games against Syracuse and tight games against NYU. Like that, that doesn't happen. So now we play Manhattanville, and we're like, we don't know what to expect. We had a week, solid week of practice. We're like, we don't know what to expect. Are they bringing their hot? Are they bringing top guys? I mean, they haven't really been skating. They just started. Like we have a couple games and practices under our belt. Like, what is going on? So we went into that like prepped, like it was a nationals game. The place was packed, and and we go up two nothing like quick. And we're like, whoa, this might get ugly. And then all of a sudden, the ref had a power trip. That was probably the most penalties I've ever seen in a hockey game in my life. The first two periods was all us. The third period, they come out. They score, I think, two on the power play. They go up 3-2 in the third. And I'm like, oh, crap. They finally woke up. Now they're going to just roll us over. We tied it up. We went in a shootout. Obviously, now looking back, they didn't dress like their top line. They didn't play their starting goalie. I don't care. On paper, we beat an NCAA D3 team. It just further shows that like hearing other teams, other programs, beating these teams, having tight games, the difference in competition and, and skill levels is very tight. And if anything, the difference is just, you know, structure and systems and, and the coaching um and all the perks that come with NCAA D3 or whatever. But like the, it, it was incredible. We were like, that was huge because we had never done that. I don't think we've ever beaten a D3 team like that. And then all of a sudden our coach was like, we're scrimmaging LIU next. And I'm like, well, let's, Let's pump the brakes. I know they're down the road, but I don't I don't know if we're ready for that one. Being between the benches for
0: that one, like were the chirps flying? Were they giving you guys crap for for being club guys?
4: Not club guys. I don't think I heard any of that, but just like normal, normal chirping, normal nonsense. I had a lot of work that game open in the penalty box store. Like twenty times, the penalty box was crowded that day. So many penalties. It was upset It wasn't even a hockey game at some points, at, at some stretches. I don't think we probably played more five on five. We probably played single digits in minutes five on five. Like it was tough, but a win's a win. We won a shootout. So speaking of, of shootout
0: wins, we got to backtrack to your junior year. You got a big shootout win against Ohio. Your number got called on the road against the top team in the country at bird arena which is not an easy place to play you mentioned that your routine doesn't really change when you get the start like what was that like did you expect to start that game
4: yes and no yes because i feel like my perception of reality is pretty good backstory and i wish harm was here because he he was there for that uh we go to bird we play the first game kazzy plays we win kazzy had like i don't know a a lot of work to do big workload all of a sudden like he tweaks something we're in the hotel that night i come back in He's laying in bed. He goes in his in his Russian accent. He's like, Sully, you, you better be ready tomorrow. You better be ready. And I was like, stop messing with me, dude. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, I can't, my back hurts. And I was like, no, nah, you'll be fine in the morning, fine in the morning, right? Wake up the next morning. He can't get out of bed. Like he is struggling to walk. And I'm like, not a chance in hell. He's placed." I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going. So the whole day, breakfast, lunch, because we played at night seven o'clock and we have all day to kill. We're walking around town, their main street. Our coach is like, no, Cassie, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? Get the heating pad on it. You know, get this, get that, get a massage and nothing's worked. But he wouldn't say like, our coach wouldn't say like, Sully, you're going. Like he waited until the last possible second to actually tell me, but I knew what was happening. I'm like, he can't walk. He can't play. There's no way. So I knew I was like, all right, I'm going to play bird arena. Like you said, Incredible place, and it was their alumni weekend. They had special jerseys for that game, these white, white out, like Star Wars looking jerseys. They're pissed that we beat them yesterday. I'm like, this is gonna be tough. Long story short, give the guys credit, like, they played really well in front of me. I feel like the two that I let up were like, I could have had back. I know a friend of the show and a buddy of mine. Uh, Ryan Higgins scored on me from behind the goal line. I was like, this is not good. We were down 3-1 in the third. I'm like, okay, I tried my best. We lost, but you know, we're loose 3-1. That's not bad for rankings. We'll be okay. It's a split. All good. We tie it up in the final two minutes i think it was like we scored the third one with 30 seconds left we tied at three i'm like oh we're winning this game overtime was nothing shootout i went three for three other guys took care of it at the other end just mobbed me i was out of breath i thought i was gonna have a heart attack and yeah that was i don't want it wasn't the best game i ever played because i always look back at the goals and i was like oh i could have had them back but in terms of like biggest, like Guys this year be like, hey, remember when Sully went 3-for-3 three three in a shootout in Ohio? And I'm like, yeah, I do. I remember him too. That's what I'm clinging on to for my HHA career. All the other games I played were against you at Syracuse or Rhode Island. I had one against Ohio and one against Adrian, and that was it. Yeah, I was looking at, at
0: the games played on EP today. And I was like, wow. EP says you got seven games. I know at least
4: three of those are wins against Cuse. So you, you were like the mayor of Syracuse for a while. That was, I I, I joked with you at one point. I'm like, yeah, that's when Cassie gets his little, gets his break. I mean, Cassie's Kazzy, hilarious. When Cassie backs up, he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know where to go. Like, he has no idea what's going on. It's like, a, you can't comprehend it. So that's always fun. Yeah, a couple games against Syracuse. And yeah, se- seven games played, I think six started. But you know what? I don't, I don't care. I had a good four years. I had fun. I got two, two degrees out of it. That's all I care about. Nobody cares about your stats anymore. Once you graduate, you move
0: on. What's this uh, amateur corn hockey league? I saw this on your Instagram. This looked like it was a blast. Tell us about tell us about the, the
4: AKHL. AKHL. So that's where Ryan Higgins comes into play. So Mitch Corn, uh, he's an NHL goalie coach. He's currently the director of goalie development for the Islanders. He runs summer camps every year for like the past 30-something years. So I was a camper at those things. Over the summer, four-day things, you go to a location. I'd always go to Connecticut. You You go as a camper. And then when you're like 16 or 17, he has counselors that then come on staff. And then if you're well enough as a counselor, you become a coach. So basically, there's a whole group of us that were campers, counselors, and now coaches. And I'm still a coach. We were a tight group. There's 10, 12 of us in this league now. That And we made a fantasy hockey league. And we made the league to mimic, there's an older league called the EKHL, which is the elite corn hockey league, which is a bunch of guys from, I say decades ago, but I'm not trying to call them old, that did the same thing. 12 guys, fancy hockey, and that's what they've been doing for years. They started like 15 or 16 years ago, and they've been tight ever since. They go on vacations together. They talk every day. It's this tight group. So we were like, we're the younger guys. We can make a second league. We can do the minor league system of that and do it ourselves. So that's what we did. And I won it the first year. We have a trophy and everything. You know, we have dues. We have rules. We have our destination draft. Like all this, it, it is a legitimate league. I'm happy we have it because again, it's just another way of staying connected with with guys and friends, just like post hockey career, working post playing. Like it's something else to like, you know, still talk about every day and and uh, and bust each other's balls about.
0: I feel like we've had a, a pretty good run so far, so I don't want to dampen the mood here. But you had it on the on the sheet before the interview. Yeah, for you know, your for your final game at Adrian. It, not really how you probably envisioned it going, but Kaz is in there right to start, and it, you guys go down five nothing and. A little background, like you guys had swept them the year before, so I think they were probably pretty fired up when you guys came to town, and it just wasn't your day, and and you get put in to start the second period, right?
4: Like you said, we swept them the year before, beat them twice on the road. Just never happened before. We embarrassed them, and we're like, that's when we shot up rankings, and we're like, whoa, like, we can do it. Like, this is legit. Fast forward this year, we don't play them first semester. We play them second semester. So we go to Ohio this year. We got a lot of guys banged up. We were out our top two forwards. We were out our top two D. And all of a sudden, we had to go to Adrian. And guys are dreading. This is the longest bus trip of the year. Guys are dreading it. Morale is miserable. And I'm like, this is going to be ugly. This is not good. We drive. We get there. You know, morning skate, hotel, whatever. We go to play. And I'm like, guys, like, we just had too many guys that either forgot what happened the year before or just took it for granted. And then you have, you know, freshmen who had no idea what we're talking about. And we tried to tell them as many times, hey, guys, they're going to be upset. They're a little upset that we swept them. Like, they might actually try to kill us. And that's exactly what happened. And the funnier part, I think this is six degrees of Hockey House and six degrees of my career. Alex Herman was calling that game. And he met up with me before the game. And I was like, you know, and, and we never met before. So we're, we're shooting the shit and, we're, and catching up. And I'm like, yeah, this is going to be interesting. I don't know what's going to happen. They come out. They literally go up 5 nothing in five minutes. And I'm like, this is not good. Period ends. Cassie comes off. He's like, he's dying. Our coach goes, Sully, you're in. Have fun. He literally looked at me. It was like, try your best. I think that was literally what he said. And I was like, this is brutal. I go in, first shot, two on one, cross pass, back in the net. I'm like, great, 6 nothing. Adrian, I will give them credit. They kept coming. They never stopped. I was getting pumped. Guys were giving up. Verbal meme, for Saving Private Ryan when Tom Hanks at the end of the movie is sitting down just shooting a pistol at a tank. That was me in the game. No def- guys were giving up. Guys were getting the red line, dumping it in. They didn't want to get – they were scared. They didn't want to get hit. It was bad. Nobody wanted to get a puck, nothing. During the game, in my head, I'm like, all right, this is like I, – I, for the record, I was making some good saves, but not enough. I couldn't score the goals. So I had two things going on in my head. Number one was when Ray Emery was getting pumped – blown out skated down the ice and beat the crap out of Brayden Hulpe I'm like what if I just do that right now who's got like who's stopping me and then in my head I'm like the, Li- the Liberty Maryville goalie fight happened the week before I'm like great people are going to think I'm a copycat and then the second thing was like what if this kid like knows karate or something at the other end like if I get my ass beat like this is going to be I swear to God this is what I'm thinking of I'm like, this is going to be bad. Second thing I was thinking of was when Patrick Waugh, his last game in Montreal, lets up nine. They wouldn't pull him. And then he just walks off and says, trade me like I'm done. That was the other thing. I'm like, I I might just quit hockey after this. Like, this is so bad. I saw the look in the eyes of these Adrian players like I've never seen before. The determination to kill you. I'm like, this team's going to win a championship. I mean, again, not to rub it in, I'm not saying I'm happy that they lost, but I'm not surprised that they made it to the final. They were incredibly good. So whatever. Long story short, I let up five each period. We lose 15 nothing. ACHA burger blowout of the week. I'm like, this is great. Morale is low. Couldn't be lower. But we turn around the next day and we lose to them in overtime. Four to three. Cassie made 65 saves. Like he bounced back. He was locked in. They were throwing everything at him. 65 saves. We blew a 3 1 lead in the third. They come back to beat us in overtime. Guys are just like, they, they were a number two team in the country. We can't compete with that. We're not even close. We get back home. We're like, all right, wash it, whatever. Like, you know, their stupid meme account on Twitter making fun of us. I'm like, all right, whatever. It is what it is. So we're like, hey, season's not over. We have Liberty next weekend. And we're like, at home i'm like we gotta beat them at home we had the whole we had we were gonna pack the place like most people we've ever had and then what happens fricks fricks gets hurt the games are canceled and we don't play and we were just like that might have been our shot to like beat them and then get back up in the rankings and after, when that happened guys were booking trips spring break trips they were like we're not making nationals we're toast we're like we only play uri drexel we still had niagara and pitt on the schedule by the way guys just we're like nope we're toast. we can, we Adrian number 2 nope we even work on we can't compete we're done in my opinion looking back the season ended when when we lost Adrian and then couldn't and then couldn't bounce back and play liberty like that immediate bounce back it that Adrian loss simmered with us for a full 2 weeks but our season was over that's that's really tough when that happens too because we actually we
0: had a similar situation where you know we we got spanked by you guys to start the 2021 season and it was like, all right, I don't think either team really knew much going into that game. Like, it was like, I don't know what these Stony Brook guys have been doing. I remember, I remember looking across the ice and being like, oh, Pepe and Slevin are still here. Like, sick. Like, this is sick. Like, <laughs> we're in. I thought those guys would maybe have graduated by now. So I, that was kind of was like, oh, we might be in for a rough one here. Same thing. The next weekend was homecoming weekend. We got Drexel coming to town, a team that we could play close, and they got in trouble and they couldn't come to us. And so it was parents' weekend. All of our parents came to town. Yeah and they watched us practice on a Saturday afternoon because that's we just had the ice. And it was like, it's tough when you when you do get an ass kicking like that and it's got to marinate for a couple of weeks because you can't get right back on the ice.
4: Yeah, and like I said, when we're getting second semester, every game counts and you're thinking about nationals and you're looking and you're like, we played them. It was like, I wasn't on the ice against Lindenwood and St. Louis, so I can't speak to that. But being on the ice, seeing them, every shot that hit me in the chest like hurt. They were ripping it. And I'm like, this is not good. The last thing I want to say about that was like in all in my mind, I'm like, I'm done. I'm like, I'm not playing on a senior night, not a chance. Because now we have our last two weekends were Niagara and Pitt. When I saw the schedule come out in August, I saw our senior night was Niagara, a top ten team. We're gonna need this game for nationals. Who do we need to get a win? It's Cassie. I'm like, there's no way I'm playing on senior night. And I looked at the schedule. I'm like, every game is going to matter. We are on the brink of missing nationals, which, spoiler alert, we did. That was my senior night was Adrian. I'm like, I'm not playing. This is going to be my last game. So that sucked for a couple weeks. I got over it. I'm good. Again, it, it is what it is. Other guys were probably angrier for me than I was because, again, nobody likes a goalie that complains. What am I going to do? Sit there and say, "What is me? Hey, I deserve to play on senior. What do I deserve to play on senior night for? What? I mean, we lost against Niagara. We probably would have lost if I played. Too. Like, what difference does it make? It, it's funny when I had other guys sitting there being angrier for me than I was. I had some. I had a couple of guys saying that they were going to do a Rudy moment and put their jerseys on the on the bench and say that they're not going to play. And I am like, guys, just just go play. Go get a win. How about you win for every other senior on senior night? Don't worry about me.
0: Wanted to bring up former Stony Brook captain Brendan Pepe just got to lift the, the President's Cup with the Roanoke Rail Yard Dogs and the SP. Uh, you got to play with him for uh, a couple of seasons. What was that like to see you know him bring home a championship in the SP?
4: It, it was awesome. He works so hard. Like He started out like, like he finished and then started in the Fed to grind in the Fed to get bu- bumped up to the SP. He works so hard. He takes care of his body. You know, he 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 still knows when to have fun, but he that work ethic, like we're obviously all of us as a whole program are proud of him, but we're not surprised. Like we know he's he's going to do well and when he wherever he plays next year, he's going to do well, whether it's still in Roanoke or if he goes he moves up or whatever. It doesn't come as a surprise because I got to see it every day and how hard he works and uh, he's the best.
0: We haven't really talked about you being the club president at Stony Brook. Give us like maybe one or two challenges that you faced in your time that were maybe unique to Stony Brook that maybe
4: you might not run into in other schools. The long story short is that I became, I'm like, all right, I'll be president. I'll do it. I get voted in the whole student government decided to cut our budget and just take it all away and give it to somebody else again i heard a couple episodes a while ago that like some other operating budgets for some other teams like ours is roughly like 200 because we travel so much because our strength schedule we want those big road games so we would get like 120 from the school. That would all have to go to ICE because the ICE costs on Long Island are ridiculous. That's where all of our money goes. If we were upstate New York, obviously cheaper ICE. If we were anywhere else in the country, cheaper ICE. If we had our own break on campus, we're not paying for ICE. When I was president, they said, oh, no, no club can get more than $40,000. So they took 80 away from us in a blink of an eye overnight. They had this secret meeting. I put secret in quotes because we just didn't know. The meeting happened and they passed this thing and they said, nobody can get more than 40 past two years has been fighting with them to try to get it back, to try to find a compromise something. And it's been, it's been a challenge we've had to, we've had to maneuver and circumvent that while still winning hockey games. You know, we don't practice at night anymore. We practice early in the mornings because it's cheaper ice. Uh, you know, we had to cut some other things out of the budget because we're trying to save money here, money there. Like somebody had a message when we went to Davenport, why are we flying? Flying was cheaper than driving, so we flew. It, it's unfortunate that it's come to that. It's just another hurdle and a headache to deal with while, like I said, still trying to put a good product out on the ice.
0: We'll leave you one more question. Favorite memory from playing in the ACHA? What are you going to remember the most in, in 10 years? Asheville Championship,
4: too. You got to celebrate that. I know. that The winning the Asheville is... An again, an interesting weekend. The day before, I don't know if you know about that. One of the Delaware kids got hurt. He sliced his leg open. Again, my roommate Davin Vandasilver and our trainer were the ones standing right there, tied his leg up, saved him in two seconds. So that was the day before, and then winning and and winning a. Cha- I mean, yeah, we won a championship. We won the conference. That was that was a really good memory. I talked about the Ohio game already. Similar to what you guys talked about on, on the last pod, um, sending Glick off is just like the memories with the guys, like, you know, stupid little stories here and there when when some, somebody did something or somebody went there or, you know, just the memories like away from the rink and times with the guys are probably going to be the most memorable. You know, the hockey-wise, like, again, I said, nobody remembers all the scores, all the stats, you know, rankings or whatever. The Eschel the and, and going to Nationals last year in St. Louis was a lot of fun, too. Um, I mean, we beat Jamestown. It was a tight game it Was really good and then lindenwood just stomped us but winning that game was unreal too and the whole tra- and, and traveling to get there um so i would say all those put together I'll, yeah, know pro- hockey wise yeah i'll probably remember those the, mo- the most all right well
0: sully we, we could have you all afternoon but we'll we'll, we'll cut it here so herm doesn't have no that's to go pr- through uh, yeah i'm yeah.
4: coming into it on my list i have t- i'm worried i have too much to tell <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, that's not a bad problem to have. We we have guys on all the time, and, and they say they got the best stories, and 25 minutes in, we're like, what else you got for us? So we appreciate you coming on. Like you mentioned, we you were like the call to the bullpen this week, and you said that was kind of like the story of your hockey career. So
4: always ready to have your number called, and, and we appreciate you. Yeah, no, and you I know, and I appreciate you guys and, and everything that you guys have been doing and up to. Like I said, I've been following it since – since you had Pepe and Lockwood on, which was probably like eighty something episodes ago, and following you guys since, and what you guys are doing for the for the league, um, and and AAU on top of that is really incredible, and it's so much more to go. It's gonna be a lot of fun watching, uh, watching you guys as a, having a full time job and you know business, corporate life, and growing up, and and still staying in touch and included. Um, it's gonna be a lot of fun.
0: Episode ninety seven. If McDavid has ten breakaways on you, how many
4: saves are you making? You know, it's funny you said. I saw on the ESPN. My favorite goalie growing up was Rick DiPietro. Um, I saw he's been doing ESPN stuff, and he did the breakaway thing with like McDavid and how many he could stop. And I looked at him. I was like, I feel like I move a lot better than that. So I don't know. I feel like I, I don't know. Maybe I get one or two by accident. I don't know. Probably, again the shootout. The shootouts I did well in. I don't. I don't know why. Also, I'm happy I didn't have another game in a shootout because who knows what would have happened if that went down the toilet. Maybe I. I wouldn't be saying that, but you know. I'll I'll, my claim to fame. I'll I'll hold on to it uh, as long as I can.
0: Thanks again to Sally for joining the pod this week. Always nice when we can catch up with, uh, you know, a guy that I played against for my time at Syracuse and huge beauty got to catch up with him at nationals too, which was awesome. And, and always a great guy around the room. I actually, one of my favorite memories was walking into to Syracuse in the setup at Tennedy ice pavilion. You actually, as the home team, you have to walk through the opposing team locker room area and uh Sully was wearing the hockey house hat. So that, that felt like my NIL deal when I showed up for opening night and the opposing backup goalie was wearing the hockey house hat. So love his support of the hockey house. And it was awesome. I'm having them on this week. While we were taking that break between, I just saw the most ACHA thing. I don't even know if this would happen the ACHA, but the account Minor League Madness has posted that uh, a tweet from Justin Cohn. Um, I can confirm last night that the walleye slept at the arena after having to move out of an Idaho hotel that a source said had bed bugs and mouse droppings. It was the most East Coast League thing I've ever been a part of, the source said. So basically, in the playoffs last night, uh, the Toledo walleye were in Boise. There was a Luke Combs concert at Boise State there was just like no hotels in the area they converted the suites in the arena into hotel rooms and that's where the team slept ahead of game three of I believe it's, it's got to be the Western Conference Finals of the ECHL, but I've heard plenty of bedbug stories in, around the ACHA. But that's wild that that's happening in the ECHL. Fitz, we haven't gone to fire it up
3: in the Fed with Fitz. Do we have any
0: hotel stories from this year that you can touch on?
3: I was just thinking we we had we had a bedbug and uh, experience in Port Huron, Michigan. It was the trip from hell. It's like a eight hour drive from Binghamton and turns into 10 hours with the bus. And we had our, uh, our broadcasters on the bus and we stopped for food. Everyone, you know, got Chipotle or some, somewhat healthy option he decides to get five guys starts yakking on the bus uh about two hours later so it was just it was a long trip and then we we finally get to the hotel at the dead of night keep in mind this was on thanksgiving we had to travel on thanksgiving whatever the guy got sick but we're all just you know pretty pretty over it already and then uh one of one of the guys one of our forwards brett parker finds some bed bugs in his bed so then it was uh then it was it was all over because everyone's like freaking out and like checking their beds i was at the point where it was just like ah oh, the hell with it I'm going to sleep like whatever. <laughs> you were so tired there was no bed bug that was gonna keep you up. Yeah yeah I didn't really care at that point I mean
0: I hope the broadcaster learned his lesson. Was, yeah. yeah
3: yeah he uh, he felt pretty bad and yeah there was uh the the next few trips we made it was it was no more five guys he uh, yeah he was ripping he, he the salads yeah yeah he, he felt bad but it was it was one of the more disgusting things I've been a, been a part of.
0: Do they account like the extra hours for the bus breaking down in the Fed for future reference? Are they like, instead of saying it's an eight hour trip to pour her on, they're like, oh, it's going to be 10. Like we're going to run into something.
3: You'd think they would do that, but the smartest people it's it's we we didn't break down at all this year. We got a somewhat new bus that's still it's older than me. I got a two part question this week since we don't really have much news around the league.
0: I saw a tweet earlier today from good friend of the show Zach Frangelo. He is killing it as the entertainment director for the savannah bananas if you don't know who the savannah bananas are at this point you're you're living under a rock uh he came on for episode 51 talked about his background with the golden knights working for unlv's hockey team and then ultimately getting this gig for the Savannah Bananas. And now he's traveling across the country working for the Savannah Bananas, and they were in Vegas this week. So he had them, somebody came up to bat wearing like a Mark Stone jersey, and it's just, they're playing, they're doing like the Go Nights Go chant. And it was just like awesome to see him having so much fun being back in Vegas. So it made me think I've always wanted to go to Savannah Bananas game. It's a two parter. If you could go to any sporting event, where would you go? Next part is if you could go to any non varsity college hockey game where would you go so i'll throw it over to collins first what are you going with here
1: if motorsports counts i would love to go to the monaco grand prix it just seems like an absolutely electric time big party in monaco and just happens to be a formula one race going on so uh, as a big f1 fan i would absolutely love uh love it but i don't know if that's ever going to be in the cards considering how expensive it is there so more realistically though if we're if we're talking uh you know more like stick and ball sports. I would love to go to an SHL game, like go see like Ferlunda or something. Like the atmosphere there just seems incredible. You get that that soccer atmosphere in a hockey arena. I was watching a video of just the fan sections uh, a couple of weeks ago and like they they bust out the tifo. It's wild. So uh, I think it would be really cool to to go see that for aCHA or AAU game. I'm like kind of split. I think Kentucky Louisville would be really really cool. I didn't get to pay much attention to that this year but from from what I've seen the atmosphere just looks looks really really cool and I mean obviously USC Clemson I mean being boys with with some of the guys over there on USC and having some buddies at Clemson that rivalry is is awesome you always get some some really good content out of that so uh I would definitely love to go there as well.
0: I think going overseas to watch some hockey would be pretty sick like you mentioned the the atmosphere's look look unreal there. Herm, I'm, I'm curious, what do,
2: you, what do you have for a sporting event of your choice? So because of my Red Sox fandom, I kind of became a Liverpool fan by proxy. Any sporting event is easily Liverpool at Anfield just because I want to see you never walk alone in person, whether that's just like a regular derby or Champions League or whatever it is. I was in the UK uh, as my present for my bar mitzvah, my Grandmother was like you can go anywhere in the world and I picked London and I was going to go to a a football match and then the London riots happened. You can Google it. It was the worst time to be in London. Everything got shut down during that week. I was watching the BBC like crazy. It was nuts. So I missed my opportunity for Premier League soccer and I would love, love, love to do it. Uh, ACHA, I mean, NC State UNC at Carter Finley, like, would have topped my list. I already did that. So it's very challenging to think of things that might top it. The Lone Star Showdown for Texas versus Texas A&M would be sick, but even sicker than that is a hypothetical Syracuse versus Stony Brook matchup at the upcoming outdoor NHL game at MetLife Stadium. I'm just saying that it would be insane.
1: I got two things to say. First off, you're a Red Sox fan? Yes. The Jewish boy from Bronxville, New York is a Red Sox fan.
2: from New Rochelle, New York. That's a, story for, that's a, that's a di- story for a very, very different time.
1: Wow, that's wild.
2: The very rare New York Ranger Boston Red Sox fan. That's, ins- that's
1: just wild. In that's, first
2: grade, I got told by a parent on the playground to move to Massachusetts. There was <laughs> no, not a good. hint of sarcasm in his voice.
1: That's good. Love the love the New York New York bluntness. No, but the second thing is if Villanova Cuse gets the garden, Villanova Cuse should get MedLife. That's the rivalry. Q Stony Brook would be really cool as well. I just have to put that in there. I just, that's, that's the way things work around here.
0: The rumor mill is churning that the Syracuse crunch want to put a sheet of ice back in the dome um, and do the frozen dome game again. So there's been no confirmation yet, but people are talking in Syracuse about that. So I, I think that they have their sights set on that one. Fitzy, oh, Herm, you want, what are you
2: do you are you countering with your sources from Utica? I have not heard anything from my sources in Utica. If they if they're playing Rochester, then they're gonna be playing Rochester and I'll be kind of pissed off about it. Because I really would like to to be covering that game for the Comets. Fitzy, what do you got for
0: us? I feel like you've got you're you've got some great fandoms too. I mean, Michigan fan, you, you can't go wrong with the big house. What are you going if you where are you going if you can go to any sporting event in the world?
3: This might be a little stretch on the sport. I think it would be unreal to see Joey Chestnut just deleting hot dogs on the Fourth no, of July. No, that's definitely
0: you're That's definitely allowed.
3: That's allowed? Okay, good. I, I watch it every year on TV and I think it would be so sick to be in attendance of that. A very close second though would be that uh the like robot fighting that they do in like the cages. I would love to be, like, controlling the robot, though.
0: I don't know if that one counts. I'll take Joey Chestnut. I don't know if I can count the robot fighting.
3: We'll, we'll take that one out. But, jo- yeah, Joey Chestnut just going to town on the dogs. That that would be sick. The outdoor Jamestown game sounds cool. Um, I remember seeing the videos of when they were just, like, playing in a straight-up flurry, and there it was a shootout. The other one would just be a UNLV game. The game itself, but then the experience you get around that, too, I think would be a lot of fun. Awesome.
0: Well, I was hoping that by the time you got done, I would have my choice on where I would go for a sporting event. I do have... Oh, Collins, what do you got?
1: I just got to say, with you being in Staten Island this year, that we, that we can make Fitzy's dream come true. Go to Coney Island, watch uh, Joey Chestnut delete some hot dogs on July 4th. That would be so sick.
0: That would... I, I think that's a really good pick for like if you could go to any sporting event. You, you got to see it once. I mean, how many more... Yeah fourth of july's does he have in him
3: every year he shows up and takes the title but how how many more is he gonna keep doing it i gotta see one of them well it was
0: before him it was kobayashi like he had like five or six titles in a row and no one thought he would everyone take him down and then out of the woods comes joey chestnut i think for my acha game i like kentucky louisville i like clemson uh south carolina I was thinking on the drive over here, like I would love to just sit behind the net with the $2 Bush lights and heckle the goalie down at the Palmetto Cup. But I am going to go Herm's route I think next year, the governor's cup at PNC arena with the success. I mean, they're not having success this week, but the hurricane success recently combined with last year's attendance at the outdoor game. I think that UNC and NC state are going to sell out PNC arena next year. That is the place that I want to go to. If we're going any sporting event, I think it's got to be college football. I think there's so many cool atmospheres in college football. It's either the big house and going to see the game Michigan and Ohio State. And then, I don't know, you got Penn State and the whiteout. That looks pretty fun. But I think I would go SEC, like get me to Tuscaloosa. Just let me see the tide play. They, honestly, anyone else in the SEC, I would love to go see a game there. That would be that would be my my bucket
2: list item. I feel like you're an honorary Bama guy as it is. So,
0: yeah, that's like, that was like my welcome to the ACHA moment is when, I, when my brother got me a Bama hat. Like, hey, you should check out this like ACHA thing. Like, it looks kind of cool. Bama's got a team. They wear Harambe jerseys. And that was like right after that all happened. So yeah, that's what What an episode, I guess. We, we, we'll wrap it up pretty quickly here. Hear me out here. Here's my picking up pucks for the week. Everyone's talking about where the Coyotes are moving. I was thinking like hypothetically, what if the question this week was where, what ACHA arena could the Coyotes move to? And I'm thinking like the people of Lynchburg have very good attendance at LaHaye. Maybe the Coyotes consider moving to the East Coast and playing out of La Haye, and they could be the Lynchburg Coyotes. That's my pitch to the NHL right now. People, not enough people are talking about Lynchburg getting the Coyotes. It's
1: a hot take for sure.
0: <laughs> That's one
1: hundred percent. TSN's not talking about it. TNT's not talking about it. Only here on the Hockey House do you get the you get the inside scoop. We have sources nobody else has. You Nobody's guys talking about getting-
0: the Coyotes to so Lynchburg. It might
1: be where it's at. Who knows? I was thinking Salt Lake City.
3: Salt Lake City, is, is that's my vote. A lot of people are talking, that, aren't they saying it's just going to stay there?
1: If you're in a relationship
0: right now, like the state of Arizona and the Coyotes, just get some help. Maybe talk to a friend or something, because this isn't healthy. I don't think this has never happened in pro sports where a state very clearly does not want. To keep their pro sports team, like the poor people of Oakland, like really want to keep baseball there, and it's just not working. The people of Hartford wanted the Whalers to stay. The people of Quebec didn't see it coming when their team got taken away. And the state of Arizona is like, get this thing off of our hands. Tie- to tie this back to the ACHA, Herm, the state of Arizona is like your university's administration. They would rather you just not exist.
2: <laughs> oh. My goodness! Holy shit! Okay, wow. I had a whole thing I was gonna say. Wow.
1: No, continue. After that bomb, continue.
2: Wow. Oh, my God. No, I was going to make a point about Hartford and the fact that like, I, I don't know, either the mayor of Hartford or the governor of Connecticut was like, yeah, bring the, the Yotes back to Hartford. No, it's not happening. It's, it's never happening. If they can barely fill the XL Center for, for the Wolfpack, they're not doing it for a revitalized Whalers team.
0: Well, from one city in the Northeast to another, we'll go Hartford to Worcester. Fitz, what do you have for us? What's the update from the other Fitz brother?
3: I don't know what's going on. I don't know what he's got to do, but you got to call the kid up. He's hitting 300, seven nukes. Uh, OPS is like 900 something. Stellar defense, any spot. I, I don't know what more he can do. I just can't wait for the day that the Hockey House pod breaks that news. That'll be like the most yeah.
0: random tweet ever. They're like, wait. Yeah,
3: you guys will be the first ones to know. Nobody's going to know. I'm going to tell you guys. And you're going to break the news. This is my formal plea to the Red Sox to make it happen. We'd think with enough Red Sox fans on this podcast that we could get that through. But
0: Collins, what are your your thoughts this week? Anything enjoying New York City?
1: I am enjoying New York City uh, a little little less now. Funny story, actually. So ACHA connection here, actually. So the Yankees are just finished playing the O's tonight our captain max williams was best friends i don't know if you if you guys have heard of this kid anthony volpe shortstop for the yankees best friends with this kid forever and i just got a notification on my phone that he just hit a walk-off sack fly to beat the o's six to five in the bottom of the tenth. so max if you're listening volpe if you're listening i'm coming for you that was personal I don't care about the Villanova connection or the ACHA connection here. I'm coming for you. But on a more serious note, today when we were visiting uh, a PR agency, the real world just fucking hit me like a brick, dude. Holy smokes! They were talking about their, uh, you know, their available positions and you know, you know what they're looking for, and I, it suddenly hit me. I'm like, oh shit, I'm not looking for internships anymore. I'm looking for for real jobs. And like, while the middle in the middle of this this woman talking. In my mind, I am just having like an existential crisis. <laughs> College is done. I was like losing my mind for a sec. Yeah, really cool experience I've had here. Anthony Volpe, if you're listening, um, I would sleep with one eye open.
0: Anthony Volpe, known Hockey House follower. Thank you so much for
2: listening again, as you always do. Herm, what what do you have for us? I, I don't know if anyone else is, is this kind of way. When your team gets knocked out of the Stanley Cup playoffs, that you kind of just turn it all off altogether i've kind of been the same way with the ahl playoffs and now that the rangers are out now that the comets are out now that ucfc i mean that the masl season is long over i miss hockey man i i miss the playoff atmosphere i i just can't get up for a series that i'm not emotionally invested in so it's it's tough for me i miss i miss the busy season i miss all of it I think there's no better way
0: to end it than there. It, we're counting down the days now. I feel like every time I go to post on Instagram for us, I just want to put like missing hockey season, but I can't put that for every day for the next couple months. So we got to find a way through it. Uh, we were talking though in the DMs, people are asking if we're going to do the, the goal of the year tournament. And we mentioned maybe doing a save of the year tournament. Herm's working on a, another tournament that maybe we'll keep a secret for now, but plenty of off season content coming your way. Stay tuned for that. And we've got some pretty sweet interviews coming up. Uh, we were working on um, this week Sully came on this week to kind of fill in while we while we close the gap but we've got some cool interviews lined up for the rest of the summer um and, and we're really excited about those ones so stay tuned as always follow along the socials at Hockey House Pod Instagram Twitter TikTok whatever you're doing these days we got it solid week guys and uh any last words Fitz are you gonna take us out on the harmonica here
4: Yeah. <laughs>